Oh, hey, welcome to How Creatives Work, the down-to-earth podcast for conversations about what creative work really is and how to tend to your well-being as a creator. I am your host, Anders Talvik, and I am a freelancing visual designer based in Amsterdam. I'm really interested in the topic of work and how to do it sustainably and mindfully, so I'm having conversations with fellow creatives about how they do their work and how they cope with the ups and downs of it all. In this episode, I'm chatting with Melissa Fiorenza, who is an amazing paper crafter. We get into the art of learning new skills, the technology of creativity, and the value in making things just because it makes you feel good. Melly has some great resources for planning, setting goals, and reminding yourself of what it is you really want. And you know that all those little goodies we mention are in the show notes. Let's dive right on in. Uh, So welcome to the podcast. Thank you Uh, so much. I like to ask my my guests first how, how they would like to introduce themselves. Sure. Well, my name is Melissa, uh, but I also go by the name of Melly. So Melissa Fiorenza or Melly Fiorenza is great. You are also uh, an Amsterdammer, like implant Amsterdammer. Um, I am. How, I'm just going to get right into that. How did you end up in Amsterdam? Sure. Um, So my mom's partner is Dutch. And when they first got together, like this is going back maybe, gosh, like close to 20 years ago now, uh, when they first got together, they moved over to Amsterdam and they lived here for maybe like six to eight months. Mm. And whilst they were living here, we got to come over, my sister and I got to come over and visit. And it was the first place that I had ever been to in Europe. And like, I remember arriving at Central Station and like walking out and just being like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And just like being like, my mind was just completely blown that there were like places. And like, I mean, this is just around Central Station too, which isn't necessarily very beautiful. But it is a a pretty Central Station area. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like there's still like such beautiful buildings around and I just was like so blown away. So after we came and we visited and we stayed for a little bit of time and then I went back home and then I just instantly was automatically like we just and when I say we sorry my sister and I, we both really wanted to move to Amsterdam after that. And we had no idea like how or when or yeah, exactly what we would need to do in order to be able to do it. But we just knew that we really wanted to. And then it wasn't until maybe almost 10 years later that we finally moved over here. Mm. And where was home before Amsterdam? Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. Australia. All right. Yeah. Yes. I, I feel like we have in, in Europe, we have this like vision that Australians come here and then they stay <laughs> you're fulfilling my my biases towards uh, Australians a little yeah, bit yeah um, it's true I think like it's so easy to uh, yeah to like be here and to like there are so many other Australians since I've lived here that I have met as well which is so mind-blowing to me and I think that there's like a bit of an ease in Amsterdam and I, I really hate to say it but the fact that I can speak English and it was very easy to be able to just move and then to not really need to think about like language barriers and things like that as well. Yeah. 
No, that is a nice thing. I mean, I also shouldn't say anything because I'm a Swede and I'm here and there's so many Swedes. There is a mind-blowing amount of Swedes in this city it's too. Bonkers. I just like hear so much Swedish here. <laughs> and you're like, my ears, no! Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I moved away for a reason. No. Uh, <laughs> but um, let's get into what it is you do. So I don't know if you want to start by describing a little bit uh, about your craft, your paper crafting, and how how you've come into that. Sure. I feel like this has the potential to be like a really, really long story. That's great. And I would try, <laughs> I would try and be like as succinct as possible. Um, so I'm 36 and I've only been doing paper craft really for uh, like seriously, as in like me thinking, hey, maybe this is something that I could do and I want to keep practicing uh, for like the last two years. Mm. Um, so I was uh, like, I left school when I was 15 and I was, I went straight into hairdressing and I would, oh. which I feel like is such a classic thing, like in Australia. I don't know if it's the same everywhere. Oh, really? huh. Yeah. Like if you want to leave school, like before like finishing school, yeah. you would, if you were a girl, you would be a hairdresser. And if you were a boy, you would become like a laborer of some sort or mm. something like that. Huh. Very that is so interesting. Very, like no thought behind it. It was just kind of like, oh, hey, I could do this thing sort of. Yeah. So I started, I was a hairdresser and I did that for like over 10 years and I really, really loved it. Like I loved being able to speak to people like all day, every day. My clients were amazing. I feel like it was quite creative of a field, even though, yeah. I mean, I guess, and it depends where you work, but like every day was something different. And I loved really needing to like tailor everything I did to, to a different person every, for every client, I guess. It really is a design job. Yeah, like it's pretty nuts, isn't it? I mean, I never thought about it like that, obviously, back then. Um, but yeah, it really was like it really helped me. Like for me, I wasn't very like book smart. And so it was really great to be able to like have a job and like a profession where I just got to essentially like create every day, which was really cool. Um, and I had a bit of like a, a bad experience towards the end of that. I found out like I had been working at the one place for a long time. And then uh, I found out that they had done like some things that weren't very nice. And mm. it really like tarnished my view of hairdressing. And I instantly stopped. Like even though I had been doing it for so long, I instantly stopped. And then I was like, okay, I need to do something else. And I just started working in retail, which I also really, really love. Again, it's the same kind of thing where you get to speak to and meet like lots of people during the day. And yeah. I feel like you have, like you can still make like really nice connections with people. And I think that's something that was always really important to me. Uh, and whilst I was doing that, I decided to do like a, a quick course that was like a course that majority of people would do when they were leaving school. So they would be like 18 years old. I was like 27 or 28 or something at the time, yeah. like literally like my, the people <laughs> that I was at school with were like 20 or below, but it was fine. Uh, and it was a really, really broad course. And it was basically like an intro to design. So we did like mm. lots of different lots of different things like architecture and object design, uh, illustration. There was like set design, like makeup, like a bunch of different wow. stuff. Wow. Oh, that sounds amazing. It was so cool. I was like, this is the best. And before then, like 
this was like before social media was like really a thing. I think social media had just, had just started. Well, I mean, Facebook had been around for a while, but that was Mm, very different. And Instagram, you know, was starting to pick up, but you still would just post silly pictures on Instagram and you weren't really thinking about like how many likes you'd get. It was just a way of sharing your life. Yeah. And so like being like in a creative field, unless you kind of already knew about it, I feel like it just wasn't a normal thing to know that it had the potential to exist. Um, so yeah, doing this course was like mind blowing to me. And I was like, whoa, there are like all these things that I could do. And I really wanted to do illustration. Mm. I really liked painting and I would paint in all of my spare time that I had. Uh, And then I moved to Amsterdam like the year after I finished that course. And so when I moved here, I knew that I wanted to try to do illustration, but I really had no idea in how I would be able to pursue it. And I didn't know how people went from making paintings to then having like clients and it was kind of, I guess it was also maybe a little bit before like digital art was like an accessible thing. You know, like you had to have like a computer that had like all the right programs. Oh yeah. 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 Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Maybe I was just really naive and maybe I just didn't hang out with the right people to know like how to get into that field. But at the time I just really wasn't sure. So when I moved over here, I started working in an advertising company and they specialized in 3D animation. And I think Mm. that's kind of where like my, my love for thinking about making things in paper at least really happened. Yeah. I was really lucky that I got to work there and that I got like, they were very encouraging and I got to help. Like I was just doing office management stuff, but then in my spare time, they would like help me how to use like the 3D software Mm. and yeah, things that kind of made, made like I would make things in 3D and I would see them on a screen and I'd be like, this is really cool. But I wanted to like hold something in my hands and I wanted to feel like something tangible. And I don't really know what clicked and made me think like, hey, I'm going to make this out of paper. Like I really can't remember the first thing that happened. But then I just tried to make something in paper. And I guess like that's kind of how it started. There's like a few other things like we started a business that we had to close because of COVID and I didn't do anything creative during that time because it was like a really busy thing that we were doing and then so I just started picking it up again once we closed our business in 2020. That's uh, a long long answer. No it's a great answer this is like (laughs) this is what we want to hear I love I mean I am starting this podcast to sort of talk about the real things and also like the struggles or whatever of of creative work but I think a big part of that is just hearing how people get into it because sometimes I don't even know myself if someone were to ask me like why are you doing this I'd just be like well there was what I don't I mean here I'm doing this uh so I think it's it's super interesting and I was thinking about the one thing you said too about that threshold of getting into a creative field and not knowing if you were like hanging out with the correct people or like learning the correct things I truly have always felt sort of outside with that as well where it's it's really easy to feel like you're missing something or that you like didn't do the correct route or whatever. I mean, for me, I, I did go to art school in the US and then I was just like, oh, my career is going to take off as I move back to Sweden. And then I moved back to Sweden and people are like, we do not care that you have a degree. Mm. And it's like, I mean, and then it's like, oh, you didn't go to the one specific design school in yeah. Stockholm. So therefore you don't know anybody. And therefore... Yeah. Uh, you are not as attractive and it's so it is a little disheartening to to start out and at the same time it's kind of fun because you have to you have to find your way so it's I mean I think 
starting at an agency, managing an office and getting the gift of being taught some things as well. In the meantime, I sort of wish I could have done that as well. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel so lucky. Like when I look back yeah. and like, I don't think I would be where I am now, even though like, I hardly remember any of the things that they taught me because it felt, feels like it was such a long time ago, yeah. but it's still, yeah. it just showed me that I could do it. Like yeah. if anything, even if I didn't remember what they showed me, it was like, oh, but yeah. it is something that you can do. You just have to try. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, so, so much of learning things and learning skills is part of it will stick around and you'll just like inherently know how you want to, I don't know, make a layout or choose the correct tool for an illustration or whatever. Uh, but part of it is also that you learn that you are able to learn. But so the process is that you're you're kind of sketching things in 3D first, and then you're making some form of template from that. Yeah, that's pretty much right. So I build like the base. I mean, obviously, like it also kind of depends what it is that I'm making. But if it is a 3D object, then I will always build it. Or 90% of the time, I will build it in like a 3D software. Yeah. And I just use Blender now, which is like a free software. There's like so many tutorials online. Like you can yeah. literally find anything that you could possibly need to know on there. Like whether maybe it's not always like the best advice, but it can kind of like get you to where like you need to be, I guess, for a particular project. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I build it in 3D first and then that helps like have to form like the base and then any additional things that I need to add on to it. Then I usually use either Illustrator or I also use Affinity Designer on my iPad as well. Mm. And then that's for like the little extra details. And I, I feel like I'm sounding uh, like a cynic here, but what is the like worst part of that process? Oh, I really do not enjoy like designing all of like the tiny details mm. because I don't think I'm very good necessarily at the programs. Like I don't think I'm very good at Illustrator and I'm not very good yet yeah, at Affinity Designer, but I know the basics. And almost every time when I'm designing something like in my brain, I'm like, I bet there's a faster way. Like I bet there's like some button that exists somewhere on here. And that if I pressed it, this would happen automatically. But no, I'm going to spend like half an hour drawing like 10 boxes that are the same size or yeah, yeah, I don't know, things like that. So I really dislike that part. And it's really easy to get like discouraged once I start that. And that then I'm like, no, I can't keep going because <laughs> I don't yeah, want to yeah. keep like drawing these like tiny little details. And yeah, I think that's my... That's the part I dislike the most. I think that's, it's such a fascinating part of working with others in, in design and also in InDesign, uh, but with these programs. <laughs> I mean, I work, I work mostly in the Adobe suite and I'm, I, I'm a freelancer now, but I used to work in offices. And then you always had around people who worked in totally different ways. Someone will suddenly show you like the one button that makes everything so much easier. And I remember an old manager of mine showing me something like that where you like autofill a frame with a photo to the correct size or something and I was sure. just like oh you can do that and she was like you didn't know this how have you lived <laughs> I'm just like I've just done a lot of extra work uh, but it's fun I mean I've also recently for some reason I was just like I need to add like um, the proof that I can use these programs to LinkedIn or some sure. other networks and then they give you tests in these programs, knowledge tests, and you only have a certain amount of time to take them or like look at every question and you can only retake them two or three times before it's like over. 
basically. <laughs> and I get so nervous because it's always something super obscure that only has to do with uh, editorial, like publishing work or something. And I'm Whoa. just like, I don't know if I need that to make good work as a designer. Yeah. So in the end, I'm kind of, I mean, partially because I feel threatened by, the, by it, but also in the end, I mean, creative work can't be measured that way, really. Like totally. if you're being a good creative isn't to know all the shortcuts in yeah. Illustrator. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's such a, like, that's a really, really good and interesting point. And I feel like when it comes to doing like client work or, you know, if you need to get things done really quickly, if maybe if your creative work is like what you do for a living, then mm -hmm. sure, like there are knowing lots of tips and tricks is obviously going to make that harder. But like, you can still be a creative that just like creates for fun on the weekends, you know, yeah. and you don't have to know like the, all of the ins and the outs to be no, able exactly. to be called a creative or whatever. Exactly. Well, I also wanted to get into, we, we have both sort of commiserated a little bit recently about <laughs> creative block or like feeling uh, a little not entirely enthused about our, our own creativity. Definitely. Uh, so I wanted to check in and see where are you at with, with that kind of process? Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, because I feel like if we had this conversation even like three weeks ago or something, then I would have felt completely different to how yeah. I feel today. <laughs> but I feel like at the moment, I feel pretty good about things. I think when we like had to close our business at the time, it just felt like it was like, we can't keep this open. It's a like meeting and event space, COVID, mm, no one can yeah. meet or have events. It just had to happen. Yeah. Um, but realistic, like realistically, I know it had to happen and it was the right decision. But I, in my mind, I just was like, I've failed. Like you tried mm. to do this thing. You only got to be open for just over a year and you failed and like you suck at everything and everything's bad. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. So I think it's been like really two years of like trying to like gain my self-confidence and to try to like gradually keep feeling better. And it's hard to like not put all of your value like in your work, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of recently realized that I rewatched an episode of um, Abstract on Netflix, mm. uh, the one that has Paula... Paula Scher, yeah, I think yeah. that's how you pronounce her name. And like, she's obviously like amazing. And she was just so cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I wish I could be as confident and like speak about my work, yeah. you know, like the way that someone like that does. But she like specifically mentioned something about how she really like loves like going to the country and, you know, being quiet and like living and living like a quiet, still lifestyle sometimes. But then she loves the fact that she gets to like come back into the city and have like experiences because otherwise, like where would her ideas come from? Yeah. And yeah. It really like ticked something in like my mind where I was like, if I, before I would really, I would like scour the internet for like, I wouldn't usually look at like other paper artists work because I think, you know, you see something and you think that's how you have to make it. But yeah. I would look at like photography and other art that I liked her saying that really made me realize that I need to like get out <laughs> I need yeah. to get away from my computer and I need to get out of my house. And instead of feeling like you're not producing work, so you need to like stay at home and like try and work and then not actually do anything. It really helped me see that I need to like, yeah, go out and like have experiences. And then that in return will help me grow 
as an artist. And it will help me to come up with ideas that are natural and not things that I'm like kind of forcing because I think I have to, or yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. It's just a new thing that I have been thinking about. So for the past like three weeks, I um, haven't had a museum card in a while. So I got a museum card, mm. which will arrive in a few days. Yeah, And I've made sure to like, just go out and like do more things. And I really think that that has been helping. Uh, I mean, this, I love this. I've thought about this so much too, because it's so like, I, as you said, like it's so easy to have that feeling where like, I haven't produced work or good work or I'm unhappy with the result of this and therefore I must sit in the same position and try it again and again with the same tools and everything and uh, I truly have become a believer now of like you need to uh, nurture interests or just I mean you need to see the world Uh, a lot of creativity while it can be really for yourself to express yourself it exists in a context of you know it's a sort of communication with with people around you too so I also think just like seeing humans and just like getting to know I don't know a city going to museums and all of that it is the fuel totally it's also yeah I I thought about that the past few months where because I was in a similar position like I I've I've been in that funk this year I feel like where I'm just like actually everything I create is garbage and I am a bad creative so I mean I am no expert on this but what I was going to say is one of the things that frustrated me so much is I I do this work um I do graphic design I do spaces and so on and so often I end up like sort of the only place I go to, to find inspiration is like Pinterest or like an image search and then (laughs) I'm just like I know by now I know exactly which pins are gonna pop up when I search for things and I'm just like most mood boards are the same it's so easy to become cynical because also like looking around myself I design window displays and I see window displays around the world and I'm just like everyone's looking at the same Pinterest stuff (laughs) it's like the same materials it's the same colors it just keeps being the same and so that's where I think it's a strength to go to a museum, see some sculptures or videos, something that has nothing to do outwardly with, with whatever totally. it is you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any specific exhibits that you're excited to see or are you just going to oh go around? I, do you know, so I am like very, very bad at remembering um, like names and things like that. And in Same my here, movie, there's two that I want to go and see. And I cannot remember the name of them. And I was like, I'm going to write them down. So I have them written down because I just had a feeling you might ask me. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, the gut feeling. Forever. Yeah. So I cannot remember the name of anything right now, but there is something that's happening at the Van Gogh Museum. Yeah. And I think it's called, um, it's something to do with color and it's a woman's work. And that's about as much information as I can give to you. I uh, but really... I really want to go and see that yeah it's literally my husband mentioned it to me yesterday and I don't I don't remember the name of it either so I'm actually gonna look it up I weirdly have my iPad set up like perfectly here to see yeah I'm sure it's at the Van Gogh Museum and it's something color I've actually never been to the Van Gogh Museum me either I've lived here for nine years it's uh it's uh, we we should be ashamed. You should be more ashamed yes, than me. But yeah. <laughs> I am, don't worry. I am. <laughs> Is it color as language? 
I think that that's it. Yeah. Oh, that looks gorgeous. I will put a link to it in the show notes so people yeah. can come take a look. I actually really miss museums having lived in DC where there's the Smithsonian Institution and there's all these free museums. Yeah. So you just like traipse into a museum on your way back to from school and uh, get that little fix of creativity. Yeah. You know, I never really like grew up to going, yeah, with going to museums and, and things like that, aside from like when you were at school and it would be like once a year, you'd go to like yeah. some kind of different museum. So it always felt like really like unaccessible for me. I had this weird, some kind of feeling that you had to, you already had to know about whatever was happening yeah. inside before yeah. you were allowed to go in. And I'm like, that's so bonkers and it's just not true and even like it's the feelings are valid and it's okay if you feel like that but like everyone's welcome like everyone's allowed to go and have a look and you don't have to know everything that's the whole point of like going is to experience things and whatever so I'm really trying to like put aside my like fear of new things and and fear of like looking stupid or whatever yeah yeah gotta have those experiences is there anything else that you know that you'll try I think I need to, well, not so much as like a museum, but I would like to try to do some like workshops of doing different mm-hmm. things. Yeah. There's a That's- lot of that in in Amsterdam too. I feel like it's such a blessing sometimes to live in a city that is so, it's very active, very ambitious. So ambitious. And yeah. very creative. I am blown away, I have to say, after living in Sweden and also DC really like there's so much creativity. <laughs> yeah. What like, do you, like, do you have any ideas as to why you think that is? Um. Well, so the first very boring answer, like the first thing that hit me when we moved here was that there's so much more screen printing available where you can like go do screen printing and there's screen printers who make that art. And that wasn't really available in Sweden as much, a little more in the US, but in Sweden it was there was almost gatekeeping around it where it felt like you know you almost have to go to an almost year-long course even if you have already done screen printing before and then the studio spaces are really expensive or it's really hard to just go like once in a while um but then moving here people are like yeah we have like uh trade deals with germany where most of european screen printing ink is made and so it's easy for us to import it here. So that's like partially it's like the material might be a little easier to to come by. And I think yeah. that is one part of it uh, for sure here that things are readily available. But I don't know, maybe it's just something in the history of of the Netherlands that makes it yeah. like you have all the, the ceramics and the painting. Um, I'm thinking of the Delft. Uh, yeah pottery etc I yeah I don't know yeah do you have any do you have any other theories <laughs> yeah I really don't know it's really interesting like I think if I was it's hard because I always refer like back to when I was in Australia but I would forget that like times have also just kind of changed like it yeah. was nine years ago so I always think that like when I, if I was in Australia, like I never would have thought that I could have my own business or like start a business or anything like that. And then when I moved here, like all of a sudden became so accessible because it was just like everyone, like everyone was an entrepreneur in some way. Yeah. 
And I often wonder, like, I think there's obviously lots of like money in the Netherlands. And I see that there's a lot of people who have like, maybe have inherited money or they have, however they have their money Yeah, uh, that that they just like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And they maybe don't know like what they want to do yet, but they just have that, like, I'm going to have my own business kind of. And I don't know if that like, kind of, I don't know if that helps in a way to just see that, like, you can just kind of do what you want to do because lots of people are just kind of doing what they want to do. Yeah. And that, and maybe that is where creativity comes in too, because I have a feeling that a lot more people would like to work creatively than people actually do. Um, I was just thinking about what you were saying too, is that the threshold for starting something here is pretty low in a way too, or it's part of the culture that I didn't know that about Amsterdam before we moved here uh, or the Netherlands. Uh, I already had my business in Sweden where it's not as common. And then moving here, I was just like, oh, everyone's a freelancer. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really nice. It's been it's been much easier in a way to connect with a community that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a little, I'm I'm starting this podcast now, but there's gonna be a recurring segment uh on the podcast, the old sort of dry, but I still think useful. Um little business or life practice that is called start, stop, continue. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to ask you as a creative person, what are the three things that you are, what is the one thing you want to start doing Mm -hmm. creatively? What do you want to stop doing and what do you want to continue doing? Okay. And it's there are no stakes here it's fine okay. like it can be it can be I want to start uh I don't know drinking more coffee um so well <laughs> we'll just start no with, judgment then no exactly okay. exactly so uh first question is what do you want to start doing I think ideally I would like I would just love to start like believing in myself more just believing that it's possible and that if I just like show up for myself and if I keep practicing that like I can do it yeah I don't know that sounds really corny and like really no no oh my gosh that's great I I honestly have like written this in my journal too in the past six months where it's like I need to believe in myself uh have you looked or found any like tools for developing that so I've like never been like a planner. Oh, actually, I don't know. I feel like I used like I when I was working for other people, I would always have like a diary and like my to-do list and like my calendars. Yeah. And then when I started working for myself in this sense of freelancing, it was like all of that just like went out the window. And I just was like, I don't know what's happening. Like I'm just gonna say yes to anything and everything because I need the money or because yeah. I want yeah. to work or whatever. So I think I'm trying now to really, uh, start learning about like planning and about like working out like what my values are. And instead of having like this list in my head of like, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do this of like really getting it out on paper yeah, and seeing it like visually and like writing out the steps and then really seeing if it's like, like realistically, 
how many of these things like in my brain, I'm like, you should be doing this and you should be doing this. Like how many of them can I actually do before yeah. I feel bad for not doing them? Yeah. And like, yeah. How can I like plan things a little bit better to like be able to really like move forward in a way that feels genuine and like good for me? Yeah. It, it helps you be decisive. Yeah. Uh, I went to this freelancers retreat in Stockholm the first year that I was freelancing and learned so many or learned I tried so many good ways of trying that because it was all about it was called workation way look it up it was great I'll put it in the show notes as well um and it was so much about like checking in with yourself and what are your values and so on and I was just like oh I wanted to design and be a freelancer and then looking and doing for example I'm sure you've come across that but doing like the ikigai exercise mm-hmm. yeah. um that I've now adapted a little bit but it's that was one of those things where I'm just like oh yeah I do have values and I have the there's this overlap between things that I really love doing and things that I am actually good at and things that I think the world needs to have more of and so on but yeah and it's it's kind of cool to discover that I really enjoy that about like aging <laughs> <It's> that, <yeah. laughs> more and more I'm just like I just need to look at myself yeah what is it I want <laughs> totally it's so it's it's like it's so simple yeah yeah <laughs> it actually really can be simple too yeah which is nice yeah yeah <sighs> I'm inspired already all right so uh <laughs> What would you like to stop doing? I think, well, probably I would like to stop telling myself that like, I'm not good enough for starters or that I can't do something. Um, And also to stop, I just always feel like there's like not enough time. And I think that like the planning aspect of things will hopefully like trickle down. And I quite often don't do things because I'm like, no, there's not enough time. I have so much time. Like I am really lucky in the way that I'm like working at the moment that I really have much more time than most the average person would have. Yeah. And I need to like stop telling myself that because if I keep telling myself it, then I will never be able to like move forward. I think. Mm. That one is interesting. I hadn't, I had not like checked that with myself, but it definitely resonates as well. And I feel like in a way, where my brain immediately jumps to is like that feeling of like when you have an idea or something you want to do it's so easy to make it huge and it's like yes it feels like something that has to be grand or it needs yeah. to like I don't know to me it can be hard to realize that I have time for this idea because it can be small <laughs> like yes it, yeah it doesn't have to lead somewhere always yes yeah. exactly yes exactly that <laughs> very much oh, that's uh, uh this yeah I have high hopes for this podcast now uh, <laughs> I'm just sitting here I, I feel almost a little selfish sorry I'm like moving around on my chair but um I feel like I'm a selfish person I'm just like I'm gonna make a podcast to like draw this wisdom out of other <laughs> creatives uh but it will be shared with the whole world exactly so it's, uh, it's uh I really think I mean all of this is so like these are the conversations that I wish I had been told before or like I've had conversations with people who went to the same school as me where it's just like why did we not learn like the business of design or something like how to run a studio or whatever um so this is great I'm very grateful 
Well, going to the the continue question, what is sure. what is something you're doing currently that you want to keep doing, either the exact same way or even more or still but less? I don't know. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to continue learning, and I think just to continue like making. Even if I'm not able to make like a full time career out of what I'm doing, because I'm still learning and I'm still, I like to say, starting. I feel like I'm, well, I'm maybe like the the next stage from when you first start something, where you start mm. to have like some realization about like, hey, maybe actually this is the avenue I want to take, or whatever. yeah. But just regardless of like what happens, I just want to keep making because it's what fills me with joy, and it doesn't matter if I can't get paid for it or if I can't I don't know if I not that I I don't want to be Instagram famous or TikTok famous but you know like I don't want to just make things just for the sake of fame in some way or whatever. yeah yeah I keep making because it makes me feel good that is so good oh. <laughs> I love that <laughs> that is profound uh <laughs> but that is actually I mean so these things I always think are good to confess to yourself or whatever like knowing those yeah. things because for me that is actually something I value as well like learning and doing new things but that is actually where the time thing comes in for me sometimes where I'm just like okay. yeah I want to learn like I did start learning 3D for example uh in Blender and then I was just like but I don't have time it's, mm. so now I can't learn that basically and it's just like hopefully I have quite a few years left in my life and it's like yeah. what, what is the urgency right now like sure if there was a project that I promised a client I could do a 3d thing but I actually don't know then there's an urgency to learn but if it's a learning just to like keep refilling that um that creative bank basically then there's no timeline yeah exactly yeah but it's like I I mean I say those things and but it's so it's very hard to like remember it, sometimes you need like I I wish like Jeffrey could speak to me sometimes or just having someone external remind you of the things, uh, Jeffrey is my dog, uh, remind you of the things that you know, but maybe maybe it's a post-it or like a phone wallpaper or something, but it's hard to remember these these things that you really do know deep down. Mm -hmm. But then you so get I, I found like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I found please, like a, please. A, a, a fun... Um, what is the word? A fun little trick, maybe. Uh, Rowena Sai, I think is how you pronounce her name, is someone who I uh, watch a lot of her YouTube videos and she talks mm. a lot about like finding your values. And I really enjoy the way that she speaks. It's very like down to earth and it feels really relatable. Yeah. Whereas like so many of these, like, I don't want to call them self-help, but so many of these so many people that are, that are trying to teach you things in the way of like how to move forward. I just feel like they're speaking so fast and trying to fit like as much as they can fit into like mm. one video that I'm like, yeah. whoa, I don't even know what's happening. And the way that she speaks, I just find really easy to like listen to. Nice. And one of the things that she was saying was to like schedule, like send scheduled emails to yourself. Because oh. if I have like a post-it note up, like I just, once you, once it exists on my wall, it just blends into my wall yeah, and I like forget that it's there. Yeah. yeah. Like an email into my inbox that like is scheduled monthly that like will pop up and then I will see that feels different. It's like something that, well, I mean, I know you can just not read it if you don't want to read it, but <laughs> it's still like a bit more of like a different reminder. Yeah. That's amazing. Things. 
it's uh because you probably have the chance to forget that it's coming or when it's coming or whatever it would be kind of fun to be able to randomize that too so that it's like within Ooh. this week please send me this email yeah com com computer please send email <laughs> this week at undisclosed time i love that yeah, so I've set up like two now that are like, one is my yearly kind of plan, mm -hmm. which is like a very loose plan, but just like what my values are. And it's like one that will kind of pop up with that information again to like see how I'm still tracking and if I want to change some things. Yeah. And yeah, the other one is like about remembering to like go out and have experiences because I just don't want to forget. I'm just really scared that like I feel good and motivated about it now and I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to forget about it. That is uh, really good advice. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to write myself an email after this. Yeah. See how it goes. You should write yourself one that will be sent in like eight months time. That one you'll yeah. forget about for sure. For sure. Yeah. Love that. Send that from like a, one of my like junk emails too. So yeah. it's like a surprise. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining me on How Creatives Work. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice. It was really nice to have to like, not have to, but to kind of think about these things and like yeah. say them out loud. Now they are true. <laughs> yeah. Now they're real life. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to follow Melly on Instagram at happyfrankstudio. You will be inspired. For podcast updates, follow Anders Creative on Instagram, where I invite you to DM questions and topics you'd like to hear on the podcast as well. Do subscribe if you haven't already, and rate us as highly as you possibly can wherever you're listening. And until next time, take care. <laughs>